It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone. As he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, Now, up to to bat, Brett Boone. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. We are live at Playball Park, Lumen Field, part of All-Star Week 2023. It's Brett Boone's house. How about that, everybody? Brett Boone in the house. We're going to have an exciting podcast today. Jamie Moyer is going to stop by. And Mr. Mariner, Mr. Mariner, Alvin. He's, I'll tell you what, he, what he's, he's, he's salt of the, he's the salt of the earth guy. There's. There's guys that come to mind for me, great guys I've known in this game. There's a lot of great ones. But one of my favorite is John Olerud's going to be here tonight before the game there, have a ceremony for that 2001 team. As far as great human beings, Oli's right there. Alvin Davis, he's right there with John Olerud, just a, a kind, humble, unbelievable man. He was the original Mariner. He's he's around the game. He's with the Mariners organization. He's, he's an ambassador. Uh, it was really cool to have him on the podcast, get his perspective from the early goings of the Mariners in the 80s in the kingdom to hear his perspective where the game went from there to now. From my man, Brett Boone, the MVP Rit- of the softball Rit- game. Ritz really, really likes that belt. I, I actually think it's pretty cool, too. Um, I'm actually I might I might wear it tonight. I might wear it tonight. I think you have to walk around like like Hunter Hearst Helmsley with the belt like that, right? It's unbelievable. It's pretty nice. All right, so give me real quick, 30 seconds, your impression so far of all the festivities. We watched the Home Run Derby last night. What a show that was put on. You put on a show at the Celebrity Softball Game, the Futures Game. Seattle's really turned out for the All-Star Game, Brett. It's really They've really done a great job. They did a great job in 2001. I knew they would. We're over at Lumen Field for a lot of the festivities, a lot of the activities, because there's not enough room to, to, comp- to get everybody in. But uh, – Fans are everywhere. They're they're pumped. They were pumped for the celebrity softball game. They were pumped for the futures game. There's 40,000 people watching us knuckleheads, ex guys play play celebrity softball. Obviously, last night everybody saw the home run derby. It was as live as it could be. Julio put on a show. My pick ended up winning. Vladdy he ended up winning the uh, bringing home the trophy. But uh, looking forward tonight. It's been a long, exhaustive week for all of us, but a good exhaustion. I've had a great time. Looking forward to the game tonight. Recreate has awesome. military veterans out there. You met him. Dusty Baker met him. Really nice to be able to be out there. Brett was out there on the field honoring the troops before the home run derby. 
That was a really that cool, was a cool moment. moment. And, uh, and uh, you know, before that, before just that, you, you mentioned, mentioned Dusty Bay. It's just Bay. seeing the generations yeah. of players. You know, that's what baseball is all about. It's seeing those old guys. I rode over today with Raleigh Fingers in the car. Seeing guys like that. And, and to current, I hung out with Tino Martinez last night, a guy that broke my heart a lot of times being a part of that Yankee team that won four rings. But uh, just the generation to generation, that's what baseball is all about. You know, the kids can come out. They know they know Julio. Uh, the, the the older kids, the young adults, the older adults, they, they remember my generation and, and the Griffies. Uh, you go back to the Alvin Davis, you know, the Raleigh Fingers in the 70s. I mean, there's something for everybody here. It's been a great time. Look forward to the game tonight. Then I'm going to take about a two-day nap. Thanks to Recreate for having us out here at Play Ball Park, the official CBD of Major League Baseball. Check out RecreateU.com. All right, that's going to do it. For me, I'm getting out of the way. Alva Davis coming up on the podcast. Jamie Moyer, Booney, congratulations on uh, winning the MVP. Can I keep the belt for a little bit? You can keep it. Yeah, put it in the mail. Nice. All right, everybody. Uh, We've got more coming up from Seattle. The Boom Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you live from the the 2023 All-Star Game. We got a lot of walking around. I ran into, this guy is a Seattle legend. He's been here way back in the day, 1984. Uh, he's Mr. Mariner. He was he was the Rookie of the Year uh, and an All-Star his first year in 1984. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the program. Alvin Davis. Alvin, thanks for coming on. Hey, it's great to be on with you, Justin. Great to see you the last couple of days. It's, it's awesome. And, and my time in Seattle, I came up in 92, 93. I went away for a while. I came back in 2001. And uh, one thing changed. Alvin Davis was still Mr. Mariner. And you were still around. And I, I just know this, this city absolutely loves you. Let's go back to the very beginning. 1984, different place played in Seattle. We're in the Kingdom. I got to play in the Kingdom a little bit. You played your entire career there. What are the differences now? How has Seattle changed since 1984? Because I know it's changed a lot. Yeah, yeah, man, Brad. I, I mean, I got to go back to your guys' class, you know, like you said, the early 90s and then definitely the 2000s. I think in that period of time, everything just changed. I mean, we're pretty much standing where the kingdom was, right? The north lot for the kingdom, indoor stadium. You know, it, it, it fit the region with the weather and all that kind of stuff. But, man, we just had not broken through as an organization yet. And so, you know, sometimes I'd travel around the country and people would say, oh, you play professional baseball, you play for it. I play for the Seattle Mariners. Oh, is that a big league team? 
you know? Well, that that's gone way by the wayside. Thanks to your generation of guys that came up after me, came through after me, and really put baseball on the map, not only here in the Pacific Northwest, but throughout the entire world. Yeah, and I think, you know, you were the original. You were the original. You were Mr. Mariner for a reason. But then came along the Griffey generation, Griffey Edgar. Uh, I was here for a little bit of it. I got to say, uh, bad to the bone, Jay Buhner. Uh, those years, Randy Johnson. And then we went into the 2001, Ichiro came. I came back. Uh, we had that great run in the early 2000s. They opened Safeco Field. But you were still around all the time, and it, it and it was great to see it. When you showed up, it was like, there's Alvin. He started this all. Now we're in the Julio Rodriguez era. Uh, talk about those different generations. And now it's that new school, you know, and it's Julio, and it's all about Julio. But you were there seeing all of them. What do you see the differences, and where do you see baseball in Seattle going? Yeah, I love the way you broke that down, just the connection of the generations of players that came through, you know. And as you mentioned, Junior got to play with him, got to play with Edgar, got to play with Jay. When they were young, you know, getting established in the big leagues, getting established here in Seattle, and then to see them kind of be the first wave of, uh, of success and greatness here, breaking through in 95, you know, winning the division, making the playoffs, starting that run in the late 90s with playoffs playoff runs and then in the 2000s that group that you were a part of as well you know the 116 win club in 2001 so just being able to maintain that connection dropping in and seeing you guys every once in a while and you know kind of being the older guy as time went on that didn't necessarily go to war with you guys you know so to speak on the field you know we didn't you know we didn't uniform up together you know we didn't have the same sweat on the field and the blood and all that stuff but I always felt welcome. I always felt connected to the players and even to this day, appreciated. You know, being able to watch Julio come up through the system. First time I met him was down in the DSL, you know, 17 years old. You know, he was our guy. And, uh, you know, just a, an amazing young man, amazing player. From the very beginning, wanted to be the greatest player that he could be. You know, he, he wasn't afraid of the light, wasn't afraid of the stardom, wasn't afraid of where his ability was taken. And now he's that guy, right, that we're building around and trying to take us back to the promised land. I came up in 1992. The city, it was the kingdom. It was a lot of empty nights at the kingdom for me. Uh, that was my – and you know it is as a rookie. You're not worried about anything else. You're just worried about proving to them that you're a big leaguer. And I was in that – you know, my hair was on fire. I was struggling, and I'm trying to get advice from everybody. I wasn't really aware of my surroundings, but it was different then. It was the kingdom. Seattle baseball wasn't – the huge thing in town i went away i went to the cincinnati reds but i kept my eye on the guys you know tino martinez was still here and edgar who and buner who were huge influences on me as a young player uh 95 when it really kind of turned the corner in seattle with that big playoff run it kind of is the reason that safeco field got built now t-mobile park um but through all that, then I came back in 2001. And as you know, you were around a lot uh, in 2001 watching that run. And, and for about four years through the end of my career, it went from an empty kingdom to the loudest rock concert every night. I'm telling you, in 2001, I'd get on that top step ready to take the, take the field playing the Kansas City Royals on a Monday night. And it was 46,000. And I felt like I was a beetle walking onto the field. It was unbelievable. And I thought, wow. 92 to 2001, the way this city changed, the way everybody had a Mariner jersey walking around town. 
and now we had a long drought and we didn't get to the postseason until last year, but you're starting Julio's breathed a lot of that energy back into the franchise and kind of going in the right direction. I know they're not where they want to be this year. High expectations, got a lot of pitching on that team, but talk about the fans, how they've changed through the years. Cause you talk about those early eighties and people asking you, Oh, do you play in the big leagues? You know, as the Seattle Mariners to what you see now, when you come out to, to play ballpark and you're going through all the festivities, like the rest of us at this, like the rest of us, at this 20, 2023 all-star game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the word arrival comes to mind, but I mean, you know, um, the, the franchise arrived in, in those eras and those generations. I think one of my things that comes to mind is attendance, right? Just tracking it through attendance, like, you know, you and I, a lot of empty seats. You know, Kingdom was a multi-use stadium. 55,000 people could fit in there, right? The Seahawks would pack it out. Sometimes we played between 10, 15. They were loyal fans. I, I love them to death because they were always there with us through thick and thin, and there was a lot of thin. But now, you know, and as you said, as, as a franchise built, you know, Safeco Field got built after the 95 run. Uh, and then we went through that, that probably 10 or 15 years where we were the top draw in all of baseball. We led baseball in attendance. People forget that, you know. But then we kind of went through that drought. Just as you and I know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to consistently be at the top of the table in the American League West. You know, the wild card comes in. It's hard to win a wild card and even harder to win a World Series. And, you know, we've learned that at, at this franchise. But... You know, just a shout out to the fans here in the Pacific Northwest, the loyalty. The club is beginning to travel now. You know, you and I catch the games on TV in San Francisco, for example. And we hear, you know, we hear the Julio chant late in the game in San Francisco. And I'm like, Mariners Nation is on the move, man. They're everywhere. You see us, you know, see the the Mariners gear. You see the Julio Rodriguez, you know, the Luis Castillo. You know, you see the Seager. You see the the King Felix. You see the Brett Boone jerseys in the stand. Cleveland and, you you know, Cincinnati and all over the country. So be right now, we've done at the Major League level over the last 10 days or so. It seems like we've changed the clout cup, the court turned the corner here. Hopefully the all-star break rejuvenates the guys and then they go on a run like they did last year. And now we're talking about being in the playoff position. You know, it's so cool for me because – you know, it seems like I was just playing yesterday, but I wasn't. I was playing 15, 17 years ago, uh, riding over in the car. You know, I'm riding with Alvin Davis, and, and we got Vinny Castillo. We got Raleigh Fingers, all from different generations. And I was teasing Raleigh today. I said, Raleigh, what if there was a red carpet for you back in 1972? What would you be rocking? We, I, I, I made light of the Sansa Belt pants that were that were famous in the 70s. I remember my dad and all his teammates wearing them. Uh, 1984, Rookie of the Year. Uh, you drove in 116 as a rookie, and your first all-star game, San Francisco, you were at Candlestick. Now, you're walking around these festivities. You're seeing everything going on from the celebrity softball game. By the way, do you know who won the MVP of that celebrity softball game? Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. No, but I'm kidding. No, but I'm kidding. From 84, that all-star game, and, and as our first all-game, I remember mine. I was just tickled to death to be there. I'm sure you were the same way. But the changes that have gone on, they got a red carpet now. They got a silly celebrity softball game. They've got an unbelievable home run derby, which is now probably the biggest show of all the main sports. And we haven't even, we've been here for four or five days, feel like we've been here for a month, and the game hasn't even gone off yet. 
the difference, so, yeah. I think it's really good for the really game of baseball, game bringing of baseball, fans in, fans in not only in the city of Seattle who's hosting, but for the entire world. It's like this is a it's almost Super Bowlish. Yes. How different is it from eighty four to now? Yeah, very very, very different. As you mentioned, and I think, you know, as you pointed out, the events and the festivities that are happening around the game. You know, going back to the Futures game, now the HBCU Classic, you know, the Griffey game on Friday night. And even before right. that, there That's was right. a high That's school right. classic before that. And so MLB is just adding more, adding more, adding more. Another thing that our fans may not be aware of is how MLB is, is investing in the communities where the game is being hosted. You know, caught a thing on the news the other day. MLB is partnering with the Mariners to rebuild the Rainier Playfields near Seattle trying to bring game back to the inner city, you know, and uh, and revive the game. And, you know, another thing that you and I have both experienced, you know, I, I'm, I'm 30 years off the field. I'm 40 years almost since my debut, and I'm seeing the generational effect. I'm seeing fans come through for autographs or for photos. And, you know, I watched you when, when I was a kid, and this is my, and this is my son or this is my daughter. And, you know, they, they know who you are and all that kind of thing, which is – amazing for the game because again we're using this word connection right so we've got this link in the game of major league baseball and we're passing the game down to generations and that's that's great for the game all of this that you know fans can probably hear you know on the podcast can hear in the background this is all fan friendly it's designed to bring the fans and, and increase the love of baseball and you and i we know we love it it's in our dna it's in yeah. your dna generationally you talk yeah. about connection right third generation right hopefully a fourth generation here and uh yeah th so this is all great and, and i love uh, how the strategic vision of the folks with MLB, the strategic vision of the, the folks with the Seattle Mariners of making the game accessible to our fans and keeping the game alive and well. We love it. That is awesome. And I don't know about you, but, you know, we're, we don't use this word anymore, but they tell us not to use it, but we're, we're old school baseball players. We played the game a certain way. There were a certain set of rules. I was asked, uh, a few months ago, I was asked a, a question. They said, "Brett, what were the unwritten? What are the unwritten rules of baseball?" Now we have we know what our unwritten rules were, but I thought about it and I woke up the next morning and I said, "The unwritten rules are whatever the current players decide they are, because it's their game now. It was our game; it's their game. We pass it on, and one day it'll be their kids' game." I've kind of come around. I've had a, I've had an open mind about the new guys and what they do, the swag, the, the, the entertaining they do. I know at first you were probably like, what is going on? If I ever hit a home run and did that when I was a rookie, oh, I'm going to be – Nolan Ryan's going to hit me in the head five times tomorrow. The game's changed, though, and I've, I've kind of settled in with it. Like, you know, this is their game. They're having fun. The kids of today, it's a different generation. Our kids are different kids than, than we were. And it doesn't make it a bad thing. There's a lot of great things I see about the new generation. And there's some things I think, no, I liked our generation better. How are you on that as far as the, the way the games change? For a guy that played in 84, I know at oh, first know you were first, probably, like, probably like, what's going on here? But now I, I've kind of here. embraced but it. What about you? I, I've kind of embraced it. What about you? Yes, I embrace it. I definitely embrace it. And here's one of the reasons why. Having the opportunity to go to Latin America 
and see how the game is played in the Dominican Republic, to see how the game is played in Venezuela, and then just the passion for the game. I think you're seeing some of that influence in Major League Baseball. And so are, are we going to now ask the players that grow up playing in that environment to come to the U.S. and now be someone that they're not? Do we get the best version of them if we don't allow them to be who they are and play the game with the passion that they grew up playing? And like you said, the players determine what the rules are. They, sometimes we watch it and it's not appreciated, you know, staring at the 450-foot right. homer or the bat going all the way to the dugout. The guys on the mound take offense to that. The guys buying the plate take offense to that, and they work it all out. So, you know, I'm learning to adapt to it because, you know what, again, I think the fans like it. Maybe some of the old school fans don't, but, hey, that's good, too. You know, hold on to that. You know, hold on to the do the game and in the old school way but you know i think Booty, when we watch playoffs and we get closer to we see we see the excitement increase but we also see the pure baseball return as well and we see the passion for the players to win the game and at the, at the end of the day that's what it's all about you get home plate more than your opponent does i think everybody loves that so i'll, I'll I'm good with it. I'm good with it. I'm, I'm willing to adapt as long as the core beauty of the game of baseball. If we start getting away from that, I'm going to have a problem. You're going to have a problem with that. But, yeah, as long as we stick to the core, the other stuff, the fans love it, it's good for that. Well, that's awesome. Alvin, thanks for coming on the program. Alvin, Appreciate it. Always love seeing you. You're, you're a big part of, and always will be a huge part of this Mariners organization. I can feel it because I know my generation is like, there's Alvin Davis. That's the original, man. Mr. Mariner, you got inducted in the Mariner Hall of Fame 1997. The original. So I really appreciate it. Appreciate you coming on. Have a great time. We got one more. We got, we got the game tonight. Like I said, it seems like we've been here a long time. We got the game tonight, but it's always a pleasure seeing you and your family. And uh, love you, man. Thank you very much for coming on the program. Thank you. Love you, brother. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. You, you, you got, got a Mr. lot of selections. You I appreciate you picking me out, my friend. Mr. Mariner, Alvin Mr. Davis. Mariner, we'll be Alvin back Davis. soon. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We're back here in Seattle for the back 2023 All-Star Game. Thanks to Mr. Mariner, Alvin Davis. We have another special guest. He's a podcast veteran. We've had Jamie on before. Um, Jordan, Mariner Hall of Famer, uh, World Series champion 2008 with the Philadelphia Phillies. More importantly, 
uh, one of my good friends for the last 25 years. And and from a family standpoint, the Moyers and the Boone, our kids grew up together. He's out here for, for uh, this all-star festivity in Seattle. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Jamie Moyer to the program. Jamie, thanks for coming by, man. Hey, thanks for having me on, Brett. Or Brett E, as he, I refer to, refer to you. I'll tell you, there's there's a few people. There's my Aunt Debbie, my, Aunt Debbie, my mother, Jay Bell, the shortstop of the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the World Series champion Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, Jay Bell, and Jamie Moyer. They're the only four people in my life that call me Breddy. And I'll tell if if we go to a function and I'm walking down the street and I hear Breddy, it's either Aunt Debbie or Jamie Moyer. But but I don't know how I don't know how you got you got you got clearance to do it, but but it works for him. Well, you know what? I'm gonna give you a quick story because you know I can be long-winded. I want I want to hear it. You know what? I've been around you and your family, your mom, your dad, on several occasions, and I heard your mom call you Brady once, and I thought it was cute, right? And I've never heard that before, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I like this name. I'm gonna make it stick. So you know what? In the clubhouse, saw you every day. I dropped a Brady. Brady. And in my mind, that's what it's created. It's Brady. How is this? uh, You know, I was just talking to Alvin, and and it's been a long week for all of us. It seems like I've been here for a month. Yeah. And we haven't even got to the game yet. Yeah, yeah. But you were with the Mariners for a long time. You started in the Kingdom. Wasn't the same as as Safeco Field, now T Mobile Park. how have you seen? And and by the way, Jamie Moyer, we were talking. We had we we had lunch together yesterday, and we were talking about it. And there were some guys at the table asking about, "Hey, Jamie, you know, hey, Brett, they had questions for us." And you know, the typical question, "Hey, Jamie, who are the toughest? Who are the toughest guys you faced, Brett? Who are the toughest guys you had to hit against?" So we had that kind of kind of talk. But I was I was talking to Jamie about it, and we were just kind of reminiscing over over our our careers and and. He played t- over 23 years. Jamie's one of the, the most tenured b- players, not in the history of the Mariners or anything like history of the game. There's only a handful, maybe two or three guys that have ever played longer. Uh, talk about longevity. I got him at his best when he was in his heyday, winning 20 games and and being the ace of our staff, him and Freddie Garcia. He went on to win a World Series, which I mentioned at the top in 2008. The game when you started versus the game now, and I was talking to Alvin, we're kind of old school guys, but life changes. I remember my grandpa, Ray, you know, Ray well, and he used to, you know, I used to come out of the clubhouse and he'd be talking about Bob Feller and how Randy Johnson was okay, but Bob Feller, and I'd look at Gramps and go, Gramps, these guys are pretty good today. You know And I said? I'm never going to be like grandpa, but as we move on, we're protective of our generation. We played the game a certain way, but life changes, and I've learned to embrace that with, with the new with the kids and you know some of the things they do I just kind of go oh I'd get hurt if I did stuff like that but it's it's the game it's what these kids want today it's becoming a global game I mean we're getting the best players of the world you know from all parts of the parts of the world yeah all we've done we've passed the baton and we take a step back and it's not like oh this was better that was better it's just that's we played in the era we played in and that's what it was. And now it's a different era. It's a different time. It's a different world. So if you want to stay with it and be, be around it, this is what you have to endure. And it's not a bad thing. It's just very different, right? The, the, the way we were, we cut our teeth, basically, in this game 
is a lot different than what's taking place right now. 2001, 2001. when we uh, yeah. we got together. And by the way, yesterday we, during that lunch, we found out the, the people we were having lunch with, they wanted to know our stats. And me and Jamie didn't even remember if we faced each other. I remember I hit a sack fly off him in a in a B game on a backfield in Seattle when we were teammates. I, I told him, I said, I was sitting on your changeup. I had a round third, less than two. I had a sack fly to right field on, on field B. I remember that. But we were laughing about, we don't remember if we faced each other. Well, turns out we did. Uh, Bob Boone faced Jamie. He was one for four. No extra base hits, two punch outs. Brett Boone, the youngest, who we didn't even know if we faced each other. I was one for eight. Two punch outs, no extra base hits, a single. So he's got he's got bragging rights here. But let's go back to our time as teammates. Uh, 2001, unbelievable year. I know we've talked about it till we're, till we're blue in the face. But it was a special time, and it was kind of a – it was a new era in Seattle baseball. You know, we, we lived through – I was there in the early 90s. You were there in the late 90s. You came back to Seattle. Uh, Kingdom is different. It was different. Uh, Safeco Field gets built. A lot because of that two th- or that 1995 run they went on. Safeco Field gets built now. T-Mobile Park, but in 01, I remember coming back. I, I was coming from a Padres team, two years off a of World Series with the Braves, where it was electric every night. 2001, different animal. I, I was telling Alvin, I said, Alvin, I, I played on some great teams, but I've never gone to the top step. Getting when that anthem ended, ready to take the field. I felt like I was a beetle every night that's the way this city was i tell people i said man if you win in seattle these guys come talk me through a little bit just your your remembrance of that 2001 it was kind of a magic carpet ride i like to explain it back to spring training we were dogs you know we were horrible in spring training and i can remember lou pacing the the dugout in spring training going come on you guys you can't just flip the switch right and you know we all know who lou lou was and and is and uh, you know, and, and Lou was passionate about winning. And boy, in spring training, it looked like well, we're just going to have one of those typical Mariner seasons, right? And boy, the bell goes off. You know, opening day, and we took off, and we didn't know it. We didn't know we were going to end up the way we did as the season went on. And Lou embraced it. We embraced it. The fans, fans embraced it. And I mean, I can remember going in the clubhouse in, the, in the, like the first month of the season when this was all starting to begin. And, you know, we come back and a couple runs down and wow, that was pretty cool. Was it? You know, and then we did it day after. And we weren't down always, but when we were down, we would come back and score and win. And it, as this started to go on into the second and third month, guys would be like, pinch me. Is this really happening? Did we just do this? Wow. You know, and, and it wasn't. You, it wasn't me, it was everybody that contributed to that team. And to me, that's what made it such a magical thing. And then the fans latched onto it. And, you know, I, you know, I tell this story to people, you know, that was a magical season. We won 116 games, but we averaged seven losses a month. That's unheard of, right? And like I said, everybody contributed, Every, you know, from number one to we had 24-man rosters back then. And... Lou, did, you know, he he made all the right moves. He gave guys, you know, time off, and you know, our starters were contributing. Our bullpen was, you know, everything was just running on all cylinders. And I mean, it's just, and you know, this city just, you know, they started to rise with it as well. So it was just special. And and you had a special season. A lot of us had special seasons, and I those and 
you guys will be acknowledged tonight in front of the this you know before the the all-star game which is awesome was and we had such a great team I, like i said you've been on a ton of teams uh some great some some you probably go away from that nah, that wasn't the best group of guys that 2001 it was an unbelievable group of guys we go to dinner with anybody on any given night you know we played this game so much and I always say you pick your friends after the game, but for three hours a night, I got your back. And then we'll go to dinner with who we want to go to. That 2001 team, we go to dinner with anybody on a given night. And still to this day, we have that camaraderie. I really look forward when we all get back together and you get to see the Mark McLemore's that were key roles, key part of that. I'm looking forward to see Big Rude tonight. He's coming in, Johnny Olerud. And we reminisce. And, and the one thing we come up with is at the end of the conversation, we're always looking at each other going, how the hell do we not finish the deal? But that's that's what makes baseball unbelievable. A year ago, the- I, I feel like part of that answer is because we clinched so early and Lou started giving guys a little bit of time off. But, you know, you think about it. In a normal year, you're grinding all the way to the end and it comes down to the end. We clinched right. so early. Lou was trying to figure out, all right, how do I keep my guys fresh? But how do I give them a break? Right. And I'm not saying we lost our edge, but we weren't quite that same team in the playoffs. And then, you know what, we all, we never really played our best against the Yankees in the playoffs. And, and I don't have an answer for that one. But, I mean, I, I think we had every, every bit of talent that year to, to run cut right through the Yankees, but unfortunately we didn't. And last night I, we went – I don't know if you went, but I went to – they're doing it for the ex-players. We're in the Legends Lounge. They gave us wristbands to go watch Nelly uh, perform last night. And I was sitting on the couch with Tino Martinez, and I love Tino. I came up with Tino. I was just that class behind him. He was a double-A. He was a triple-A. I came up a year to the big leagues after him. But I was looking at Tino, and I'm just thinking, man's got four rings right now. He broke my heart a couple times, not only with that Mariners team, but uh, my 99 Braves team, he whooped us in, in the Bronx. Same scenario. It's like the ghost came out. Derek Jeter used to, see that to say that to Aaron when they were teammates. Aaron used to tell me, he goes, Jeter says the ghost will come out at some point. I've witnessed that on a few accounts. And, and <clears throat> I think you make a great point is what is the strategy when you're that good, when you're dominating the regular season to get ready? Yeah. Create something. You, we created what we created. You're going, here we go. This is what we got. And for what, you know, I, I, I to, to this day, I can't pinpoint it. I really can't. You know, a, a, a year ago, I was laughing because everybody was talking about the Dodgers. They won 111 games. Right. And they're, you know, they were, I'm sure you were getting watched too. Are they going to break your record? I said, no, no one will ever win 116. But they were clearly the best team. They got bounced by the San Diego Padres, an 89 win team. And I'm going, that's why baseball is unbelievable because you never know. We were shell shocked when we lost to the Yankees because we didn't lose that year. But it happened. What makes baseball great? I know you got to get out of here quick, but I want to I want to talk to you about this All-Star game in particular. You were an All-Star in 03. Most of the pitchers in the All-Star game are starting pitchers, and that's all you do is start. Not that it's a big deal. What's your frame of mind going into an All-Star game? Obviously, we all want to do well. That's our thing. You're coming in in relief, and you never come in relief. What's the game plan? And I'll tell you what. I can, I can remember like it happened yesterday. Mike Sosha was our manager. Hey, you're gonna get you're gonna get the fifth. You know, be down the bullpen, get yourself loose, do what you need to do. I, Brett, I warmed up like I was trying to throw a hundred. The adrenaline in Southern One Field was through the roof, and I couldn't throw a strike. And I'm like, oh my god, what am I doing? And I'm like, I'm in an All Star game. 
my first and it ended up being my only one. I was so scared going out on the field because I had such a poor bullpen and I'm not used to warming up in the middle of a game, right? But I'm at an all-star game and I got to represent myself, my club, my city. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So the gate, the, you know, the door opens and I'm like, man, I just need to throw a couple strikes. And I swear to you, going to the mound, I felt like my feet never hit the ground. All of a sudden I'm standing on the mound and who's standing in front of me? It's Jorge Posada. And I'm like, he, go, he looks at me, he goes, hey, Poppy, what do you want to use for science? I'm like, I don't care. I don't know. Put something down and I'll throw it. <laughs> and I'll remember Tim McClellan's like, come on, guys. Let's see. He's with the home plate umpire. And you know, I ended up facing Bonds, Pujols, and Jimmy Edmonds. I struck out Jimmy Edmonds on a changeup at his letters. That was a mistake. And Bonds and Pujols both flew out to right center field at the wall. Ichiro caught both of them. But off the bat, I'm like, home run, home run. And they were flyouts. I got my inning in. And again, I kind of floated off the field. I'm like, what happened? And I don't know if you remember, my boys were there in the dugout. And, you know, obviously our manager's standing there. He's like, hey, great job. And the next two people I saw were Dylan and Hutton. So it was, it was a really great experience for a father. That That is awesome. All right, real quick for the fans out there. For these first-time All-Stars, especially on the pitcher side, what's the strategy tonight? I know as a hitter, my strategy was, Brett, whatever you do, don't embarrass yourself. I'd want to hit a three-run homer. I want to hit a walk-up, but don't embarrass yourself. What are these pitchers going through right now, especially their first well, All-Star game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, they're, they're all going to be amped. You know, that's guaranteed. They're all going to be amped. And, look, this game is what? Velocity? They're going to live in the top of the zone, I think. And, you know, they're going to try to get ahead. And then, bam, you're going you're to get the best breaking ball they can give you. They want to punch everybody out, right? And and the hitters, I get it. They all, you know, especially after last night's home run derby, they want to yeah. duplicate that, right? So it's going to be interesting. I think it's either going to be a really low-scoring game or it's going to be a really high-scoring game. Awesome. You heard it, Jamie Moore. And, Jamie, I want to say this before we leave. Yeah, we've been friends a lot of years. We we we've talked endlessly on endless vacations uh but truly for the, those of you guys listening to the boom podcast i always talk about this and this is, just isn't because jimmy's here one of the handful of guys I've, I've been blessed to play with some unbelievable pitchers in my career you know in 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 atlanta probably the, maybe the greatest pitching staff of all time a maddox a smoltz a glavin i've played with randy johnson i played with guys with unbelievable stuff electric stuff i used to tease jamie because because he topped out at about 86, but I'll, yeah, 83. And he, and he, he'd like to, you know, self-deprecate a lot, but I'll tell you what, this is one guy and they're on one hand that if the game, if it's game six, I need a big game. I want Jamie Moyer on the mound. And, and I'm not saying that because you're here because there's not too many guys that got it. a lot of guys got electric stuff, but Jamie's not, if we lose the game tonight, Jamie gets beat. It's not because he was scared. It's because he got beat with his best stuff, and baseball's really hard, and that happens. He's truly one of those guys. A Mariners Hall of Famer. I appreciate him coming out. Uh, like I said, our family's lifelong friends. All the kids are buddies. They, they're on Instagram and Facebook together, but I love catching up with Jamie and uh, truly one of one of my guys. So uh, all you out there listening to the Boom Podcast, hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.